The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Helen. I teach Year 1 and 2. Hi, I'm Rob. I teach in a small village school in Buckinghamshire, and I teach in Key Stage 2. And we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us as we explore personal, social, health and emotional education with a folktale from China. So, for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our finest hats, sprinkle some fairy dust, and hang tight to our magic carpet as we dive into this week's story. Even though Nai Chin is poor and orphaned, he believes he stands a chance to be happy when the daughter of a rich man wants to marry him. But the rich man won't let them marry unless Nai Chin gives up the priceless jewel he inherited from his mum. And when Nai Chin hesitates, the rich man accuses him of lacking real love. Inconsolable, Nightchin runs into a nearby forest where he cries himself to sleep. He woke as a finger seemed to be poking inside his ear. Confused, Nightchin slowly opened his eyes, then quickly closed them again. He was surrounded by gorillas. Nightchin wasn't sure but there had to be at least eight of them. Large, hairy apes about twice the size of a man. And they were gathered around Naichin, prodding his body on all sides. Naichin quickly decided that the best thing to do was nothing. If he moved or made a noise, the apes might get scared. And being bigger than him, they could easily squash him in their panic so he kept himself as still and quiet as he could, which was really hard to do when they poked his armpits and his neck and his kneecaps. Clenching his teeth, though, Nightchin managed it. He managed to keep utterly still as the gorillas inspected him from head to toe. Of course, not being a gorilla, Nightchin couldn't understand what they were saying. So he couldn't tell that the gorillas were saying to each other, What is it? What is it? It looks like a man, but it's not making man noises. And it's not moving. What could it possibly be? Then Nai Chin felt a small ape climb onto his belly. This young one gave Nai Chin a sniff. And then... Thump! It whacked Naichin in the chest. Naichin was desperately trying to stay still and quiet, but when that small but strong fist pounded his chest, he couldn't stop himself from going oof. Naichin heard all the gorillas gasp, and if he could have understood them, he would have heard the young ones say, I know what it is. It's a drum. It's a big, man-shaped drum. 
And if you and your young learners want to find out what the gorillas decide to do with their big man-shaped drum, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Big Man Drum. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of 30th of September 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback gloriously illustrated by Winnie the Witch's very own Corky Paul. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon. And epic educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Helen and Rob here by asking, folks, did you go ape over this story? My class certainly did, didn't they, when you came to <laughs> came to tell it to them. <laughs> That's they right, yes. absolutely loved this story. Yeah, I think it's such a fun story and quite an unusual one. I don't think I've come across a similar one before. Hmm. Yeah, we should explain for our listeners that the reason why we are covering this is because I told it at the end of the day, didn't I, as a kind of bonus story for your young learners um, when I came to visit. And yeah, you you folks wanted to have it as a story on the podcast so yes. here it is how about you rob what, what were your thoughts yeah i enjoyed your telling of it and i enjoyed rereading it I just thinking back to what helen said i remember the day after there were children at playtime yes using the <laughs> refrain as they were going around which i was like oh yeah this is a, a powerful story you can tell this is a good one just before we go into the story too much um when i was putting together the script for our intro back there um and i was trying desperately to think of the pun to ask you what you thought of the story i chose go ape and i don't know what what does that mean to you uh the first thing i think of when you say go ape is high ropes <laughs> yes, um, <true>. yes. <laughs> the second thing i think of is the librarian at the university in the discworld series because the librarian is an orangutan Okay. There you go. Neither of which were responses I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> what What's the meaning, though, of, of Go Ape, as, as far as you think? To go crazy. Yeah, yeah. Enthusiasm and bouncing around and swinging through trees and things. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you think of it like that. And I hope most of our listeners will have done as well. Uh, yeah, the, so. the reason I say that is because that's exactly what I thought it meant, you know, to be really, really enthusiastic yeah. about something. Um, and I searched online just to check. And most of the English dictionary responses, like Collins and even the Cambridge Dictionary, they all say it's to be very angry with something. And I've never oh. heard it used in that context. Yeah. Never, ever. I think I have heard it used in that context, but until you just mentioned it, I hadn't remembered. It generally involves another word at the end. Well, yes. I, I mean, I have heard that expression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it, in the context of just those two words on their own, mm. I don't know whether it's the, the high rope activity that's kind of skewed our perception of it, because, Maybe. yeah, I, I don't think you would have called your business Go Ape if you were trying to evoke... <laughs> Anger. Fury. <laughs> Very furious, yeah. You, you definitely say um, cheerio to your business if you were. <laughs> I think you would. But yes, this is a story that I find gets lots of uh, excited responses from young learners who listen to it. And I have to, I have to give some credit to the young learners who were there in the recording for this story. Probably the recording that's going to go out. We're, we're probably going to be redoing the recording for the... I, I should explain. We, we usually record these stories uh, in front of a group of young learners at a school that we get to go 
to. And when I recorded the story as intended to go out with this podcast that we're recording now, I told it in the way that I always do, which is the way that I heard it from other storytellers. And it's a way that kind of makes sense to me because it's a story that comes from China and there are forests and jungles around China. And the story involves some monkeys finding this man and then um, beating his chest. And one of the things that comes out from the end of the story is that they are beating their own chests because of the loss of their um, big man drum. But one boy in the group that I was telling this story to at the school for our first ever video recording, he pointed out that if they were banging their chests, they would have to be gorillas. And try as I might, I could only prove him right when I did my follow-up research because there literally is no other primate that beats its chest like gorillas do. So clearly there must have been gorillas in the original story Mm. or the original story isn't Chinese. And that just, I'm just, it's totally blown my mind because every source I found for this story is Chinese, but every source I found for the story has monkeys instead of gorillas. Okay. So we have corrected things, um, (laughs) certainly with the the story that Corky has illustrated. He's got these wonderful illustrations of gorillas carrying Mm -hmm. Nai Chin through the forest and through the text, the the e-book that's been published already, you know, people are going to be able to get the version with gorillas, which we assume is still Chinese and just maybe when gorillas were hunted out of the Asian jungles, that's maybe when the change occurred in the story. But uh, we are going to have to redo the video at some point. That's frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. It means that more children get to enjoy it. Maybe maybe we can come back to one of your schools. Yes, definitely. (laughs) It certainly is a story that they'll want to return to. Yes. But shall we veer towards some of the PSHE elements in this story? I mean, are there any jump out morals for you that might have made this story survive the gorillas disappearing from the area of China? Yes, I found a couple thinking about QSH2, so slightly older children. The first idea that I came up with was the idea of being good enough hmm. because hmm. the rich man said, no, you're not good enough to marry my daughter. It'd be a great opportunity to discuss the characteristics about yourself that you think are good enough hmm. yeah. and to reflect that with what other people think are good about themselves and to promote some positive well-being attitude. It's a self-image as well, isn't it? It's that positive, positive self-image. Hmm. Yeah. And I think Helen might be able to think of the little boy who would definitely, uh, I think, has done this at our school or the school mm-hmm. that she used to work at who has had a massive impact for and you can see the uh, change that comes over them yes. when you say okay these are the things that are really good about you and these are the things that people like about you and things like that so it helps children of all ages yes yeah as you're moving up through the school you might start to think about how are these characteristics going to help you in your future education Mm. when you move into a bigger school say what is there that's good about you that will help you to cope or survive in secondary school and i guess you could start that by actually looking at what characteristics nai chin had that you could say were positive about him because yeah he, he may not have jumped in to give away his priceless jewel but that's because he did have value for his family as well as for his intended and of course it's that same sort of 
hesitation slash patience that helps him weather the the impact uh, of the gorillas um, <laughs> so that he comes out on top at the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely looking at the characteristics that Nai Jin has, it would help to link it to the story. But for those who were unsure about themselves, because there are going to be children who say, oh, there's nothing good about me. Definitely, yeah. Mm. They say, okay, well, let's look at what Nai Chin could do. Can you think of similar things that you do or that you've got? Mm. Like if you wanted some work to go on display to do with this, what I've done before is use like a blank outline of a character. So I'd like using Lego characters. And instead of drawing the person, you write in, or it depends on the age group that you've got. But with Key Stage 2, you write in all of the good things that you've got inside you. Yes, yeah. And then you could put on the outside of the person, what do other people see as your good qualities? Yeah, Helen, you've um, suggested that as an activity before, haven't you? Sort of drawing around the outline of your children uh, on a nice big sheet of paper and doing something like that. You were wanting to make a couple of points there as well? Uh, Yes. I mean, it's a great way, as Rob said, getting other children involved Mm. in each child sort of self-image. That's really good for the individual. And it's also really good for the class as a whole. Mm. But also an idea I had, and I think we've talked about this before, is how sometimes putting children on the spot almost can feel quite pressured to start Mm -hmm. with. So I wondered whether you could almost get them to do this, but within the context of the story. So they have to pitch to the rich man why they are good enough so it's in a fictional context Uh so it's almost quite playful so again you start off getting them to do that for Nai Chin but then oh what if you wanted to marry this rich man's (laughs) daughter or or son what would you say about yourself and that way I think it puts it in that safe context of the story which we often talk about which maybe for some children may just feel a little less pressure within the story doing it first but at the same time they are coming up with the good things about themselves they are coming up with (laughs) good reasons they should marry (laughs) the son or daughter I know I'm thinking this is also (laughs) potentially going to set them up well for teenage life when they have to try and convince a potential partner that they are better than everybody else. <laughs> they, are, they are good enough, yes. I think there's such an important point Rob's brought up about children realising they are good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any others for ages 7 to 11, Rob? It was kind of an idea to do with greed. Hmm. So looking at what is greed, why, how can we spot it, what can we do? Is it a good thing to have? How can we deal with it in ourselves? How can we hmm. deal with it in other people? But that would be more of just a like a discussion that you'd have with your class or in groups. Yeah. yeah I've got the same thing written down for Key Stage 1. I've sort of entitled it Greediness and Generosity. <laughs> for ages 4 to 7. Yeah, for ages 4 to 7, absolutely, to introduce that idea of what is being greedy because it's very well illustrated in this story, what happens when someone is greedy mm. and the consequences of being greedy and how actually the character that's the opposite, that, that's generous, that gives away all the jewels, that gives away everything he has in the end actually ends up happier hmm. because often you know we, we all like things don't we We all like to collect things and eat more cake than everybody else um, <laughs> but, but I think this is it's a good opportunity to explore uh, greediness and being generous and setting that ethos up in your classroom how can we be generous hmm. with the things that we have and our words and the things we say to each other and I do I think that could start from an early age you say the consequences of greed are here in this story but there is isn't there a kind of link between between the greed, or I suppose I'm asking 
would you draw a link between the greed and whatever attribute it is of the rich man that makes him fall to his doom in the end? Because yes, he was greedy. That's that's why he went back into the forest. Mm. But it was actually his inability to be as patient and as trusting as Nai Chin that led him to fall to his doom it, it wasn't the greed itself True. Um, yeah. but i wonder whether yes. you would explore with your children how those qualities are linked in a way because i suppose i suppose you could say it was maybe his greed over his life greed gave him such a, a high sense of self-preservation that that kind of topped his ability to be patient yeah i would say that his greed maybe meant that he didn't stop and think about what he was doing. Mm. <laughs> he thought he was thinking he, he wanted uh, jewels and gems above everything uh, else. Yes, I see. Yeah. So he sort of stumbled in. I mean, you would, Nightshin ended up in this situation accidentally. You know, it wasn't, it was by chance that he, ha- he ended up in this situation. Yes. Yeah. Whereas the rich man, he deliberately went into this situation purely driven by mm. his desire to find the treasure. So he had every reason to be aware of it and to be patient yeah i mean there are other attributes that make night in the hero of the story that we could talk about as well mm. it's a good opportunity to like the patience as you said i think you could potentially also draw a link to the fact that he didn't listen to all of the instructions that he was given of how to get to the jewels yes yeah and yes. because of that he met his downfall and you could also potentially draw a link to being a bit cowardly as well mm. if he'd have trusted in what night chin had said then he wouldn't have opened his eyes and gone, ah, don't drop me. It would have been okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Or it says yeah. a little bit more, doesn't it, about the value he gives Nai Chin. He clearly mm-hmm. doesn't care as much about him. Yeah. That sort of impatience and inability to just go with the flow and do as you're told because, yeah, mm-hmm. you are greedy. You just want to get to the end. That was his That was his prime focus. It's a really good story, isn't it, for really exploring those sort of not-so-positive attributes that the rich man have. It's, he's very much a character in a story that, I mean, from what I can see, has has no positive attributes at all. And, and let you correct me if I'm wrong, but he seems to really have no positive attributes. <laughs> so it's a, it's a yeah, good opportunity to talk about why things go wrong for him and what, mm. you know, what he's doing or how he's acting or how he's being that mean that things go quite wrong for him in the end. What can we learn from this, yeah. <laughs> this rich man and his mistakes? I'm going to challenge you, Helen. If he was in your class, you wouldn't say that he had absolutely no positive attributes. So come on, <laughs> what, would you, what would you say is his one positive attribute? Um, what would I say is his one positive attribute? That That is a challenge, actually. <laughs> and you're right, if he was in my class, I would never say that. Um, I mean... I guess if he's rich, um, he must have made money somehow. So maybe he has some good business skills. Oh, yeah, yeah, he um, knows how to exploit <laughs> his workers. <laughs> in order to... Or how to get the best out of them by being an exceptional boss. I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be positive? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, help me out, Rob. Positive attributes of the uh, rich man. Um, I was just kind of thinking about how when you're uh, writing reports and you have to try and find a positive thing to say about the behaviour that. <laughs> A child shows when it's not yeah. particularly positive. So, what would you write about this rich man? Uh, the rich man is not afraid to share his own 
opinions. Um, there you go. Yeah, it's very strong in his in his ideas. He's very headstrong and yeah. forceful. He knows Determined. what he wants. <laughs> and very driven. He's there not you easily go. led by others. I think this is definitely yeah. a challenge you should set for your young learners as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What can we say? How can we build up his self-esteem? <laughs> not that it needs building up by the looks of it. <laughs> no, although um, hearing compliments may be enough to change his character. You never yes. know. The, the one yeah. that um, I think might be a positive about him is the fact that he clearly does care enough about his daughter not to just let her marry any old soul who comes into his office demanding to, to marry her. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. Oh, because, okay. Because he doesn't think for a second about Nightin's positive attributes mm. when whether he's going to be a good husband, who he is, or what she wants. It's all about the money. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I think if Nightingale had come in in the first place with lots of jewels, he wouldn't have hesitated to just say, oh, I don't know who you are, but marry my daughter. It's fine. Mm, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a villain through and through. <laughs> well, like, that's, what I, that's what I think. But I think we can learn a lot from that. You know, I think the children can learn a lot from who he is and how he could respond more positively and how he could behave more positively. Obviously, it would make the story not what it is, but I think it's always good to learn from the villains. Definitely. I have jotted down an idea about talking about precious possessions. Oh, okay. Everyone, but especially children, they have things that are precious to them. And there's a reason that they're precious to them. I mean, they might say one day that a stone they found is precious to them, but they forget about mm-hmm. it the next day. But they will have things. It might be a teddy. It might be something their parents have given them. Yeah. It might be a pet, something that's really precious to them. And so I, I did think this would be a good story to spend some time talking about what is special to us and why. Why is it special to us? And drawing that distinction between things that are really special to us and just things, again, going back to the greediness, things we just want, but mm. things that actually mean a lot to us. Yeah, and I guess you could look at why the jewels in the story have those different values because Nai Chin's jewel has a value for a very specific reason for him mm-hmm. in contrast to the gorillas that obviously don't really, that's not what's important to them, so... I think with the older children, I would start thinking about using words like the material value of their possessions and things like that. So I've said to children, what's your favourite thing that you've got at home? It's a PlayStation or Xbox. And you go, yeah, okay, but if you've not got something special and they go, oh, yeah, actually... It's the teddy bear from when I was born or it's yes. a book that someone had or something. And you go, okay, well, is that worth more than the PlayStation? No, it's not. <laughs> but then you kind of teaching them that even though it's not worth more in, like, in a material yeah. sense, it is worth more. Yeah. In a, Sentimentally. Yeah. Yeah. I think stories are good for that because a lot of the time what characters find precious in stories isn't always what you would expect. Mm. I mean, you you got your magic beans. That's uh, a very obvious (laughs) one. In this story, it's the gorillas finding their man drum. That's their precious thing. Mm. So, yeah. That would be nice for the children to bring in. If you want to do an activity around this with sort of early years, key stage one children to bring in their special possessions just for a day, Mm. (laughs) not to leave the classroom. Don't take it out of playtime. Nope. <laughs> but, but to bring them in and talk, it could be a really nice oral activity talking about their precious thing and why it's special to them and being proud of it as well. Fantastic. That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. 
Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Naichin and the gorillas will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio. Cheerio! And we, we hope, hope to hear, hear your story, story soon! soon.